Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department, a podcast about trends, taste, brands, and products. And welcome back to the Department Podcast. Uh, I can't believe it. We finally made it to episode 10, which I guess means we've been doing this for 10 weeks because we do one one a week, right? I mean, actually, I would say that we've probably been doing it for 11 or 12 because remember, we have uh, some very special episodes that are coming out soon. Oh, yes. We have our first guest on. It's very secret, very exciting. One of our favorite people. <laughs> Coming next week. Yeah, after this one. Yeah. We're going to have um, a couple episodes with him. Yeah, stay tuned. That's your hint. It's a him. It's a him and there's shoes involved. Mm. Shoes. So we, we, we get we get back we back in, into the fashion game. <laughs> uh, but this has been a really, it's been a really cool journey. I, you know, I personally love kind of having a reason to research these trends because I already do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know having a platform to start talking about them and um, experiencing them together is really, really exciting. Um, and I really look forward to exploring more trends to come. And we do take requests, by the way. Yes. So if you guys are seeing something, <laughs> you know, we, we come up with them because we're seeing things moving and shaking and it just kind of presents itself to us. But, you know, if you guys are seeing something out there, please just, you know, send us a, D a DM, you know? Yeah, we'll get on it. Or an email. And if you have five seconds, please make sure to pop into the Apple Podcasts app and give us a star rating. Or if you have like a whole minute, just throw in a review there. Uh, we'll feature it on Instagram. Woo! So many hearts and thank yous. Um, I think we are up to three actual written reviews. I think we can get that a little higher, y'all. So come on. Well, <laughs> you know, I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Yeah, we would we would love we would also just love to hear what you have to say. So um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in honor of our 10th episode, Amanda, you know, this one is going to be about conscious consumerism. It's a second, a secondary follow-up. Um, and there's so much that, that comes with this, but I kind of wanted to take it down to an a little fun icebreaker. Um, and I just want to know what sort of major trends are happening in your own household, Amanda. I mean, we're we're living the biggest trend of all right now, which yeah. is what I feel like oh, there have been a lot of think pieces about, mm -hmm. which is, is everyone going to move out of the city and into the rural area? Oh, and my God. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so many people. And they were they were denying it. There was like deniers. I was reading articles. People were like, no, that's not really happening. That's not really I mean, happening. I'm like, um. Everyone is. It is. It is. And I actually, I can't recommend enough. Selena Sanders, who is an amazing designer and has her own brand that you should check out on Instagram, recommended to me that I listen to an episode of The Daily about climate change related migration. And mm. it was intense, but really fascinating. And I urge everybody to listen to it. I think it will make you really think about your future decisions, not to get too heavy, but it's definitely made me want to do more reading about that topic of people making these decisions. It's the daily, it's the New York, is it New York, the New York times podcast. Yeah. yeah. 
And like some of the, I mean, you know, if I were going to give the daily a review, I'd probably give it three stars mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes it's really awesome yeah. and sometimes it's like kind of ab, but they, every Sunday they do a long read of an article that appeared either in the New York Times or in their Sunday magazine. And those episodes are lit. Really? I recommend it highly. Yeah. So this was like a long read from yeah. the weekend before, I want to say. And I definitely want to do some further research because they talked about some maps and whatnot of what the future United States will look like based on wow. climate change. And I keep forgetting to look. So I'm glad I'm remembering that again right now. But anyway, pretty fascinating. So that's what we're doing. We're doing that moving to the country trend. How about you? Uh, well, um, mushrooms are trending like crazy. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about fun- fungus and mushroom in a little bit. <laughs> Even down to like, like this magic mushroom iconography, you know, illustrations and prints and patterns in apparel and art, home goods. It's like, it's insane. It's like a collision of cottage core and hippie trends. So it makes so much sense that mushrooms are are, vis, are visually trending mm-hmm, on like um, fashion and interiors but also medicinal mushrooms have been trending here on the west coast probably for a few years now and it's just blowing up and i have been trying because i've been drinking a lot of coffee as you know i drink a lot of coffee i drink a lot of this um jot uh jot i like drink a lot i still drink jot i love it <laughs> but i wanted to try you know, I like. I also love trying new beverages. Me too. So I've been Me hearing. Too. I uh, I've been trying about this. Like it's like a powdered mix. It's called Four Sigmatic Mushroom Instant Drinks, and it's basically like a mixture of like lion's mane and chaga that support productivity and focus, as well as immunity. It has about half the caffeine, but it it's supposed to help kind of boost these elements of focus. Um, that I I've got this. Uh, there's like a it's like an instant coffee one. And then I really like this matcha latte one. Mm. It's like coconut milk powders in it. And it's kind of really creamy and lovely. And it doesn't taste like mushrooms at all, but it kind of takes that, that specialty drink to the next level. And I've actually been really liking it as a way to try to curb down the actual caffeine intake. Yeah. My productivity, because I'm just working all day long, Mm -hmm. you know, and I get really burnt out and I tend to get a little bit anxious too. So the, the the caffeine makes me a little, a little, (laughs) a little more anxious. So I was trying something different and like, I'm really, I'm really into it. And that's kind of what's trending over here that, and I, and I I really do want to have an episode on the great indoors soon where we're talking about um, interior design because I am, on a, a pathway of looking for a fucking lamp, which oh my god, I've been going through the same thing. Jesus, I mean, I don't know where did the lamp where did the lamps go? They are sold out. Um, uh huh. I tried to buy a, this. I've been looking at this. I know it's like whatever, super basic bitch, but I like I like West Elm. They always have it's pretty quality. I've been looking at this lamp, and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna buy the lamp, put it in my my cart. I go like go through the whole process. There's not a segment anywhere notifying me that this thing is actually sold out and I'm pre-ordering this. Nowhere, nowhere until you get to the actual checkout page where you're literally checking out where you're about to press the buy button. Are you serious? This Uh will ship in January. This is one of my pet peeves. I'm going to tell you. I've been seeing this a lot and like, tell me up front. Yeah, I'm probably not going to order it. Yeah, I I feel like that's so it's, sketchy. I, bitch, uh, and I do not do that. I sent a very passive aggressive <laughs> message. No way. Because I work this is what I do. I work in this and like have not having transparency within your um your 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 customer basically your customer service and like your your products 
is just shady shit and it's not okay. And it it's really upsetting. And I know that it's like, some people are just gonna be like, ah, whatever, I guess I'll just wait for it. I get that. But you know what? Like I just wasted time. I could have, I could have known this ahead of time, you know, like have mm-hmm. some better options because that's, that's not okay. And that definitely makes me feel kind of icky about the West Elm platform, but it has steered me down a new pathway that I'm extremely excited about. And I am very close to making my, my, my final purchase. And I was trying to decide if I wanted one or two, but you know, Noguchi has these amazing washi paper lamps from the, these, mm-hmm. these light sculptures. Um, and you can buy mm-hmm. them from the Noguchi museum. And they're the, these crazy icons of 1950s design. And they really add this amazing warmth to your interiors and mm-hmm. you know they're not like cheap or anything but they are kind of like pieces of art but they also elevate your your home space especially right now when that's kind of all we need um mm-hmm. so i am i'm i'm about to pull the trigger on some noguchi sculpture lamps wow fancy it's sm- it's just the small ones not like the the, yeah. the big thousand dollar ones just like some some table lamps um yeah that'll make all the difference uh-huh. it is interesting um, not to digress too not at much, all. but I, I, you know how it's like, you might not notice something and then you read it in passing somewhere on the internet and suddenly it's all you see. And I think that's like what trend forecasting yes, is all about, yes. right? So a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm really into Reddit. Mm-hmm. I won't, I won't lie. I and love I was, that about you. And I'm really into the economics subreddit. Yeah. So I was reading something on economics in the economics subreddit about, you know, falling demand and consumer sales, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not a surprise to me. But someone, just some dude who was probably a total complainer and no one to have a good time with <laughs> said, well, I'd spend some money if everybody wasn't sold out on everything. And I was like, what? Yeah. Really? Okay. So here's here's what I have been able to surmise uh-huh. based on my very slight ex- research yeah. that also feels extensive. Clothing and shoes, there is no shortage yeah. of. Like you could have whatever, I mean, especially if it's sweatpants, you're fine. You're going to find mm-hmm. it. Home goods, uh, exercise equipment, mm-hmm. things like that are gone. Yeah. We went to Ikea a couple weeks ago. I I think we were in search of some sort of outdoor lighting for our new house. Huge. And oh my God. I'm so excited about your outdoor lighting for your new house. <laughs> it's just, it's very dark out there oh, yeah. and because our home was is owned by Amish people. Uh, there's not a lot of lighting. Are there are and, there light? Is there like plugs and things that you can like see? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna have to get solar powered lighting for outside. I guess Amish cool. people aren't really into outdoor lighting, yeah. but yeah. So we went there to see what they had, and let me tell you, IKEA had nothing. Like mm-hmm. you, we went into the self service furniture section. Nothing, like empty. Like you know the aisles that you go down. That's just boxes, boxes, boxes. Empty. Yeah. The store itself, empty. And the other thing that we were looking for was a desk chair for me because my current desk chair I bought at the Goodwill for five bucks a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing it's just like not suiting my needs. Well, good luck getting a desk chair because (laughs) everybody everywhere is sold out of desk chairs. Uh, Lamps, impossible to find because I've been looking for them as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, Basically anything for your home forget it. And I also had been looking for 10 pound weights, couldn't find Mm -hmm. them anywhere. Like it's kind of crazy. Like people are still buying things. Well, now maybe they can't because it's not out there. I think there's a next, the next wave. It's where people are like, Oh God. Okay. Well, I thought this was going to be over in three, three months. And now it's like, there's no end in sight. Like I definitely, now I really should be putting this money into upgrading things. 
Totally, totally. And I think that's a good thing for everybody mm-hmm. to think about. Uh, there was an interview with Dr. Fauci a week or two ago that was basically like, you need to get prepared for the next wave. And no, that doesn't mean hoarding food or toilet paper. That stuff is going to be fine. But like, come up with an exercise plan mm-hmm. that you can do in your house. <laughs> be sure you have plenty of lighting because that's going to affect your mood. Mm-hmm. Make sure you feel comfortable in your mm-hmm. house. Make sure your workstation is truly set up because you're not going back to the office anytime soon. And I think people need that real talk that is to great. say like, it's not over, you know? Because I do think there's some people who think or it's like, oh, it's over now, right? Because we can go to restaurants yeah. and, you know, it's it's not. I could see us not being allowed to go to restaurants in a month. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, they just, they just announced that like New York is shutting back down on, on, in certain areas, like schools are closing. I know. Like, I mean- it's, it just keeps it keeps shifting around. Like So get your lamps, get your desk chair as soon as you can, although I'm first on the list, okay, because I've been looking longer, and <laughs> get ready to hibernate. In fact, as I'm saying this out loud, Kim, I think we should do an episode with our suggestions for successful winter hibernation quarantine. Yes, you got it. Yeah, like let's do a better job this time because like mm-hmm. – we were all caught off guard by the last, the early part of quarantine. We didn't, we couldn't plan, mm-hmm. we couldn't optimize our experience. Now we have time to plan it in advance and maybe make it a little bit less miserable. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that 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 kind of like it, it embraces a lot of different things. You know, ma- making your home a sanctuary space, and you know, having your fitness mm-hmm. area set up. Just really like. <laughs> How do you elevate your 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 home experience? I think that that sounds really fun because I also, you know, it's we're we're constantly shifting around. It's kind of hard to focus on like figuring out how to to optimize your space. So it'll be really nice to focus on that. I think so too. And like I'm, I know it's the same for you, Kim. But before quarantine, I just wasn't home that often. Mm-mm. I was constantly traveling mm-hmm. at work, mm-hmm. going you know going out for dinner, yep. seeing friends. Like I just. Every weekend I would go somewhere, you know? So I definitely, my house was fine for how I was living at that time. Basically a landing pad or just like a storage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I was stuck in it, I was like, I hate this place. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. (laughs) Okay. So, but today we're really here Mm -hmm. to talk about plastics again and conscious consumerism. In our last episode, we really unpacked this myth of plastic recycling, which I'm still angry about. And as a reminder, only 9% of any plastic that we put in our recycling bins will actually get recycled. It's disgusting. Disgusting. I mean, and and it's funny because, you know, like I said, I told that I I went out with some friends and everyone's just like, that's such such an interesting, crazy fact. Like nobody really had processed that. I mean, you just recently sent me a, was it a podcast? Yes. Planet Money, which we'll share the link. Yeah. yeah. I gotta gotta write that note down. It's an episode that goes a lot more depth into kind of the reason why the oil and gas industries chose to sort of obscure the truth about plastic. Because once again, plastic is made of oil. It uses a lot of oil. Oil companies need to sell oil. In fact, it's getting harder to sell it now that we're all staying home. And so since the 70s, plastics have been a really huge revenue stream for them. 
The episode is fascinating because they even, they get this guy who was sort of like the spokesman for the entire plastics industry and their like lobbying group back in the 70s. They get him and he's like, yeah, I don't agree with anything we did. And it's really fascinating. So we'll share it's that. Like, it's you. like the social media. Um, what's that social media um, Netflix show um, where everyone's just like, yeah, I won't even let my kids use social media. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's totally like that. Wait, like wait plastic calls stock. everywhere. Right, right. And even only only about 50% of the plastic that can be recycled, which once again, there's not that much that can be, is actually mm-hmm. even placed in the recycling bin because people throw stuff in the trash all the time. I related to people like that. I see it on yeah. my street all yeah. the time. So we have this insane amount of plastic just ending up at landfills and in oceans, even if you are super hardcore and do your part in recycle. And I just want to add that in 2020, 60% of the clothing that is being made is is synthetic and it's made of polyesters, which are also plastics and end up in the landfill and are not biodegradable either. So plastic is kind of coming at us in every direction. Now that said, I don't want anyone to stop recycling because it seems futile because – For example, glass. Glass is a huge win for recycling. It requires 33% less energy to recycle glass versus making new glass. So surprise, surprise. I know big business has really embraced Mm -hmm. glass recycling Mm -hmm. because it's way more profitable, right? And aluminum cans. Now, this was staggering to Mm me. Two-thirds of all the aluminum ever made is still being used by us thanks to regular recycling. I know. So please don't throw out your cans, jars, and bottles. Like that's actually a recycling success story and kind of always has been. I think, and I know that this is hard, Mm -hmm. it's it's really good. Like if you're coming down to two different things that you could buy, like for a personal care product or a home care product or Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff we're going to talk about today, you should opt for the product that comes in a glass Mm -hmm. or metal or or, or paper. Or paper, yes, totally, totally. Like soap versus shower gel, mm-hmm. right there is like exactly. a huge soap one. Soap um, versus and- shower gel, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm a huge fan of the ordinary mm-hmm. because all their skincare products yeah. come in glass bottles. You broke? You bro- which- didn't you break like a, like a sink? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, yeah, we have. As you, if you haven't heard, I hate the house, <laughs> and uh, we have among many crappy things in our house this. <laughs> crappy medicine cabinet that will not stay closed it just pops open on its own all the time and one day i decided to pop open and a glass bottle by the ordinary fell out and cracked the crappy (laughs) i don't think that should deter you from buying beauty products and glass no not at all i think this is like a really extreme case oh wait i actually because i needed some new deodorant and i um you know i i I do want to try a couple different deodorants um but I tried this one from this company called Paper, and I got it. It's P A P R, and it's it's made in mm-hmm. L A. and it's made in this this paper carton, like push up carton. Okay. And one of my favorite parts about it, well, first of all, I kind of like the the scent is really nice. It's called musk and ylang ylang. But one of my favorite parts is if you pull off the little lid on it, it's um, it says really big and bold. It says get over it. Says the edge can get a little greasy or worn out on behalf of our planet. Thank you. And that marketing message and product message is one of my favorite things I think I've seen in years. It's like, get 
over it. I mean, I'm looking at their products right now and the branding looks mm-hmm. awesome. And I'm yeah. definitely, this is where I'm going to get my deodorant the next time I need one. It's really, it's fun. I'm, yeah, I'm trying them out. Like, so I have like such a sensitive skin. Like, I've tried some me other, too, me too, other natural deodorants, and they've actually like given me um, skin burns. Yeah. Um, okay. So, do you know that one? I don't want to shit talk a brand on the podcast. So, it was Schmidt's deodorant, which is kind of like the granddaddy of natural deodorants. I feel like it's been around for like maybe five or six years uh, and it's from Portland, Oregon. Oh, actually it was founded in 2010. So it's been around for 10 years. It's now owned by Unilever. So take that for what it's worth. But I was like, okay, I, I'm going to stop using antiperspirant. I want to use a natural deodorant. And this is before I was even like, mm-hmm. okay, not only do I want a natural deodorant, but I want it to come in a cardboard too. Yeah. It gave me the worst chemical burns under my arms and I was on a buying trip to LA and it was very very hot so I'm sweating I can't wear a sleeveless shirt because I like it was like these purple rings around my armpits it was excruciating yeah I went into their reviews on I think I I just needed to know I looked on like Amazon or something tons of people have the same experience and I've had what I haven't had an experience as extreme as that with some of the other natural deodorants, but I have had weird rashes, weird irritation. Mm -hmm. I think I'm so apprehensive after that experience that I like immediately pull it if it's remotely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So you feel like this, this paper one is going well for you. I mean, I'm, I'm on day two, but so far I haven't broken out in a crazy purple rounded rash. So (laughs) I think it's okay. It's, you know, it's very waxy and I've used ones that are kind of like watery and I I prefer a slight waxy one. Let's just see. I don't know. I mean, I really, I was looking at the buy human one. I really like that, but it does like, it does originally come like you have to buy this plastic Mm -hmm. thing. I know. I I don't love, but it says that, you know, it kills more bacteria and it seems really great. I just, yeah, I think I'd, I prefer something coming out of a paper tube. Me too. Me too. I think so. And there's only a couple out there, but I'm definitely going to try this one. I'm really intrigued by this coastal forest fragrance. Is that one out now? Because no. the- <laughs> I'm going to wait for it. Right. I'm going to wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, man. I, know, I, like- I like to kind of smell like a woodsy man. Yeah. And it's not very strong. That's good. It's not. It's not strong. It's not a strong scent at all. It's. It's not gonna. Um, Currently, yeah. I'm using Mega Babe uh, deodorant. Yeah, I love. Mega I love Babe. it. I do love it, uh, and it doesn't irritate my skin, but it is very perfumey. Now, I don't mind it, but it wouldn't be for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's very fragranced, mm-hmm. but that's what I need to combat whatever's going on in my armpits. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we just broke down. Our, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we we are all actively trying to replace. A lot of our, our, our things. And, and that's really only happening, you know, now. It's like, I'm just like, I'm actively trying to replace a lot of these things. And a lot of my friends who have actually been listening to this or have been listening to me talk are also like trying to, per- to trying to replace some of like the heavy hitters in the plastic worlds. And they're, and, you know, and it's, it, you know, I think it's going to, it's going to take a little trial and error and you know what, you're going to have to get over it. You have to get over a lot of stuff that, you know, you were used yeah, to. Yeah. It's just, it's just different. Um, That's all. It's not yeah. worse. Yeah. It's just different. No. You know, it's, it's like we, we went to Japan for our honeymoon and the bed we slept on was super hard. And I was like, I don't know. I think I'm a pillow top kind of gal. I don't think I can make this. Uh-huh. This is weird. And you know what? best sleep of my life we came back and we bought a hard mattress and i'll never look back but once again it was like the first time i laid down i was like this is weird 
am I going to get a bruise from laying on this? Like what's going to yeah, happen? Yeah. And now I'm like converted. So same thing with yeah. like a cardboard deodorant or some mm-hmm. of the cleaning stuff we're going to talk about today. It, it's way yeah. different. So why don't, why don't you start talking about cleaning solutions, Kim? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, let me let me get into some cleaning solutions. Um, oh, and just if anyone is really fascinated by this subject matter and really kind of wants to learn a little bit more about this, there is a book. That I actually, I, I have it on my Kindle and I haven't really, I've started reading it, but there also was a movie and I was like, oh, maybe I should just watch the movie, but I haven't gotten to it yet. And it's called um, This Changes Everything, Capitalism Versus Climate by Naomi Klein. It was published back in 2014, but it's super relevant still. And it looks at the current era of neoliberal market fundamentalism that encourages overconsumption and has resulted in mega mergers and trade agreements hostile to the health and the environment. So it's just kind of like a really interesting read on, um, you know, how big business is affecting people's purchasing patterns. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to dig into some new trends in sustainable cleaning solutions. Um, and I have actually been been getting like targeted these or like originally was getting targeted them. And I was like, what is this? And then I started researching more. I was like, oh, wow, there's a couple of them that are popping up. Um, so home cleaning is really trending, particularly as our stay at home orders keep us in our spaces for longer and longer <laughs> periods of time. And we, you know, we make messes more and more frequently in our homes. So, you know, we want to keep our homes clean. And luckily, there's been a lot of headway pre um, COVID um, in the home cleaning realm uh, for both naturally derived ingredients um, and solutions to reduce plastic consumption. I mean, I'm personally a Myers girl. I love Mrs. Myers. Me too. Uh, but the plastic, the plastic. I know. Mrs. Myers, if you're listening to this, please, please. Like I have have been (laughs) buying less Mrs. Myers and trying to find other brands solely because of the plastic, but nothing makes me as happy. Yeah, I lo- I I love it. I love it so much. Anyway, but I think maybe 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 you'll you'll find a new one here okay, in what I'm reviewing. Okay. So there are these really cool trends out there in the cleaning world that make these low waste, refillable, and naturally derived solutions as kits. You know, they're it's a really good business model for these businesses because these programs operate on a subscription and returning customer, um, which is really positive for businesses because they can rely on a percentage of customers to return and not just return, autofill and consistently generate revenue, as well as being a commodity that needs to consistently be purchased, like cleaning supplies or you know, I mean, toothpaste, that, that kind of, you know, anything that you need to constantly be using and replacing, like, um, those, mm-hmm. those consumer good companies, you know, do really well with their returning customers. So they can count on a really high lifetime value per customer, meaning that they can spend more money to acquire the customer, which is why you'll get lots of advertising from these. So if you go to their website and you get advertising, they really want to acquire you because you're actually going to, you're going to be over the, the course of your lifetime, you're going to um, earn them quite a bit of money. So they're, they're willing to put in a lot of um, marketing dollars, marketing mm-hmm. spend to acquire you. But it's also really mm-hmm. great for the customers as well, because it's one less thing you have to worry about. And if the product is quality, you just keep going back right. and you'll tell all of your friends too, because it's a really cool new thing. Um, and there's three big players right now that are standing out in the cleaning kit sphere. Um, one is called Clean Cult. One is called Blue Land and one is called Supernatural. And they all kind of have different approaches and different appeals. And they each speak to the problem and the dirty little secrets embedded in the cleaning industry. Namely, number one, most cleaning products contain absolutely horrible, harmful, and toxic chemicals. And now 
Number two, cleaning products are Mm -hmm. traditionally sold in those disposable single-use plastic bottles, which we now know are terrible. I know. I know. Why? Um, So Clean Call, I think, is probably the most universal of all the brands and probably can be a good replacement for anyone that likes Mrs. Myers, but hates the plastics. Um, It focuses on using coconut oil as its foundation, Mm -hmm. which is naturally antimicrobial, antifungal, and antibacterial. Um, All the ingredients are that that they use are super transparent about, you know, most of them are scientific natural derivatives. Uh, They offer a range of glass bottles that are included in your first starter pack. And then they have these refills that come in eco-friendly packaging, uh, like milk cartons. Um, Their zero waste system reduces consumers' total plastic use by over 90%. They also offer sustainable and carbon neutral shipping, which is really really awesome. Um, if you already have glass um, bottles and containers and things, you can literally just buy the, you don't have to buy their kit, obviously. It just comes in a milk carton and you can pour it, mm-hmm, um, you can pour mm-hmm. it into whatever you're using. But if you want to have like a, a whole, a whole system, you know, you can, you can buy their, their system and use that. You can buy it on Amazon or you can buy it on their, um, their actual website. So the complete package, which includes an all-purpose spray, dish soap, hand soap, dishwasher tablets, laundry tablets, bar soap, dryer balls, a funnel is $76. That's not bad. That's a lot. Not at all. To get started. mm -mm. And those bottles are expensive. They are. I mean, they're glass bottles. Yeah. Um, And then there's other smaller bundles as well. Um, They, they have their refills are about seven to $10. um, And I think that they're good for um, maybe like two full refills. So it's about, you know, like, Three fifty to five dollars for a refill. So it's 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 pretty affordable in this in this market. I mean, Myers can be in like that five dollar range or maybe even more. Oh yeah, more, uh-huh. more. Um, and I I hear that their scents are really good, and they have really a lot of them, a lot of ones that you can try. Which you know, I'm all about that 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 scent scent experience. Um, the containers me lean too. a little Target looking for me, um, <laughs> but better, but look way nicer than cleaning products, you know. Um, right, right. Yeah, and so like and like I said, those those cart the refills come in cartons, and you can check to see if your zip code recycles these cartons um, because mm-hmm. it, it obviously changes by zip code. LA recycles milk cartons. And, you know, they just, they're just like, just, you can just empty it and throw it in the recycling and they have a process to recycle because they are covered in like a plastic, a coating, you know, or like mm-hmm. a plastic waxy coating, but this, but, you know, just understanding that they can be recycled. So there is a website that, um, uh, blue, blue cult will, I'm sorry, not blue cult, clean cult will link you to called recyclecartons.com. And you can see if you can recycle these cartons in your area. And then if you can't, they actually have a program to send them back and they will recycle them for you. Um, the next one. Yeah, cool. it's really cool. And this, that one I was originally like, ah, I don't know. I kind of like the other ones better. They're a little bit more interesting, but now I'm just like, actually, I really just want a replacement for Myers. And I'm like, and I, I, know. I kinda try them. I'm like, I'm, I'm so driven by the fragrance. Me too. The fragrance is everything. Um, but is. some people aren't, and a lot of people are, you know, they they have lots of sensitivities to fragrance and, mm-hmm. and allergies. So, you know, Myers is definitely not a pick. But Blue Land actually is a really good one for people that don't really want a heavy scent. And it was a Shark Tank find and is receiving some super oh. attention. Um, I would consider them a value player in this field. And 
They okay. feature a selection of branded refillable containers, just like, yeah, just like um, Clean Cult. Um, but the product itself is really progressive and futuristic. So um, they are really thinking how this these products kind of can they're thinking outside the box. So they're taking water, a lot of water outside of the product so that it's easier to ship. And then you don't have to rely on, on plastic packaging. Um, so -hmm. these things are coming in powders and tablets. So the dish soap is a powder that you shake onto a sponge. Um, and then everything else that sprays onto a surface, like bathroom and glass and mirror and all purpose, even the hand soaps are you, it's just a tab and you add water to it and it just turns into the cleaning product. Cool. Right? Super, yeah. super cool. The dishwasher and laundry are all tabs and um, the, the ingredients are all naturally derived. And a full kit here, it's $83. It, you know, like I said, it's low scent profile. That's a lot of people really like. And not not me. <laughs> the, the, the bottles, I think, are a little more pleasing than Klinkholt. But I'm so obsessed with their refills and the packaging with the refills, which is all compostable and well-branded mm-hmm. and so small because they're tabs. They don't take up any space. You know, you're not, you don't have, yeah. so they're so affordable. Also like the multi-purpose cleaner comes three tabs are $6. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's amazing. It's amazing. It's really great. You know, it's a really great alternative. And then the next one, the last one that I thought was actually really exciting, but then I, you know, anyway, it's called supernatural and it's for kind of the, it's like the goopiest of all. Um, it has a very like <laughs> paltrowy cleaning kit vibe, um, <laughs> more aromatherapy driven, which really appealed uh, to me because it has lots of real essential oils. Right. It's really into the scent profiles and like the kind of really crunchy, really natural ingredients, like very, like, right. like very little scientific der- uh, derivatives. Palo Santo, crystal lover person's going to love this. Uh, their home set consists of about four types of, of spray cleaning products, counter, granite glass and mirrors bath and tile and then wood and floor and those kits are 75 dollars to get you going and it's 40 dollars for a four-pack refill which means that each refill is 10 dollars, which i think is just more of a premium price point product you know we're gonna it's definitely not the this is definitely the least affordable of them you know but it's it's definitely more of an experience, you know? Yeah, yeah. Their packaging is definitely the coolest. I mean, Palo Santo sounds amazing to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty torn which which product line I like, but I think I'm going to try Clean Call yeah. first and just try it in some glass containers that I have here. You could definitely try out all of them and just buy the refill kits and see which ones you like the best. Yeah, just get the bottles and then you mm-hmm. can fill them with anything. So I am a huge fan of Grove Collaborative, mm-hmm. which is where I get almost all my cleaning stuff. And they have Mrs. Myers, if that's your jam, but they also have their own line of concentrates that yeah. come in glass bottles, like little tiny glass vials. Mm-hmm. And then you can buy the bottles from them. So they have like a multi-surface cleaner, glass cleaner, bathroom cleaner, laundry detergent, dish detergent, all those things. And I pretty much have converted to all of it. So that's another option. They are a B Corp. Um, and they exclusively carry products that are non-toxic, effective 
So you, you know that they're going to be effective because they have tested them sustainable mm-hmm. and cruelty free. And they have the cleaning, the beauty, the hygiene, and they have all those familiar brands like the Myers Method, 7 Gen, and then some of the indie brands. They also carbon offset every shipment that goes out the door, meaning that they purchase credits at no cost to the consumer to fund projects that reduce pollution, such as wind farms, solar installations, or energy efficient retrofits in order to counteract our shipping emissions, they are plastic neutral as of January 1st, 2020, which means that all the plastic shipped on gro- the Grove's um, site is offset through a partnership with Plastic Bank, which means that they will measure the volume of plastic shipped and then collect the equivalent volume of ocean-bound plastic, also at no mm-hmm. cost to consumer. And they're working on more plastic reductions, including all of the brands. So I think that they're lobbying to all of those Myers, the Myers and methods to look at their plastic usage. So I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of people transitioning away from plastics. Yeah, they actually just launched this huge uh, plastic-free collection from 7th Generation which I think of seventh generation is like the most mass of all the like natural cleaning it, it's stuff. It's been around since I was in elementary school. Yeah. I remember getting it. And uh, so they, but you know, everything was still coming in plastic. Like for example, mm-hmm. we bought their dishwasher tabs once and they were individually wrapped in plastic. Oh. And I was like, okay, oh. well, we're not doing that anymore. So now nothing comes wrapped in plastic and everything yeah. comes in these reusable metal jars that are also recyclable. So I thought that was pretty cool because I oh, well. do... I do mm-hmm. think that their partnership with Grove has really pushed that agenda. Yeah. So hopefully Grove will push Mrs. Myers because I know they do a lot of special launches with yeah. them. Uh, yeah, I think I think within this this next like literally 12 months, we're going to be seeing a lot of these companies changing their mm-hmm. packaging. They're yeah. losing people and they're and they're losing market shares to, to companies like Blue Land and Supernatural and Clean Call. You know, that's, you know, it's. Yeah, but they have product that people really want. They're, you know, we just we we just can't support them anymore, you know. And customers yeah. are now, you know, I mean, people are now they're they're now really understanding and they really want this change. So obviously, we know that big big companies will only make a change if the consumer demands it. So yes, by not giving them their money, yes, <laughs> that's exactly. what really Conscious consumerism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think that there's actually more space in this world that is kind of like a mixture that's like something techie with really cool branding, great optimistic color with like the actual kits, something that's like has a relative value, but really hits the great smells. Like it's something that appeals to like millennials, yeah. I think. I think the millennial market is, it's really like these, these cleaning kits really read like Gen X totally. to me. I know. I agree. I, I think the branding needs to come a long way. It does. You and I have been talking a lot about blanding. And yes, blanding. it's funny that none of these cleaning brands have gotten on. I mean, the blanding branding is, t- I'm tired of it, mm-hmm. but it's funny that none of them have gotten onto it. And when we talk about blanding, we're talking about the like mm-hmm. Glossier type branding where it's almost absent. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's, it's, it's so minimal because minimalism was so huge for pretty much all of the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. Like need supply. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Why hasn't the cleaning world gotten into that? I'm just thinking of it right I, now. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Well, Beyond the Kits drops. It was originally designed as a solution that was non-toxic and plant-based and to offset packaging issues with traditional laundry pods, which are usually 
packaged in that high density polyurethane. Oh. Those huge, like I actually have them, those Tide Pods, they come in and you're like, oh, great, I'm done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recycle this plastic thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. I've literally put this like, it's like a foot, a foot tall, you know, yeah. massive container, which is just so... It's so depressing. Anyway, so Drops has come in to try to reinvent that. Apparently, you know, these big plastic bottles contribute to approximately 275 metric tons of plastic waste that go into our oceans and waterways. Just laundry plastic waste. Um, So Drops is recyclable and compostable packaging um, designed to eliminate the single-use plastic. They also offer 100% carbon-neutral shipping, you know, and they're among the first to fully offset shipping emissions. And this is kind of what we're talking about with Grove Collaborative. And they offer free shipping on all all orders, too. So um, I currently have the lavender and eucalyptus literally sitting in my cart. I don't need it quite yet because I still have to go through my massive plasticky Tide Pods. I'm really excited. They have like a lavender and eucalyptus, um, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. They also do like these like Oxy Boosters and dishwasher pods. And you told me last week that dishwashing in a dishwasher is found to be even more environmentally friendly and water conscious than washing dishes by hand. That's right. It saves a considerable amount of water. And you kind of think of, I mean, you go through so mm-hmm. much water washing dishes. I mm-hmm. personally was thrilled to read this because mm-hmm. there's nothing that I hate more than washing dishes. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> most people. Yeah. So I was like, this is great. Now mm-hmm. I, I don't have to wash dishes. Like I really thought that probably a dishwasher would waste water. But then you think about it, it's kind of a finite amount of water coming in there. Yeah. Whereas with the, you're constantly refilling the sink, you're rinsing individually. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of water. Yeah. And you're, you were sourcing a mobile one, right? Or what, what do you call them? Yeah. We bought, we bought a portable dishwasher, uh, Special shout out to Facebook Marketplace. Hey, hey. We're be a conscious consumer and 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 get something that's been pre-used. Oh my god, there's almost nothing in my house that wasn't owned by someone before me, and <laughs> I'm like more driven than ever to keep that yeah. going. But uh, we found a really great portable dishwasher that will literally connect to our sink. The size we got is pretty similar in size to your standard dishwasher, mm-hmm. but. For someone like you, Kim, who lives alone, there are these amazing ones that are like the size of a bread box that you put on your counter, also hook up to your sink, and it will wash. I think it's like a service for like five to six people. So five plates, five bowls, you know, that kind of thing. What about energy efficiency? They're very energy efficient because once Mm. again, you're dealing with a really confined space where the same water is kind of being sprayed around a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, It's it's pretty cool and I recommend it really highly. It's just get a dishwasher. <laughs> get your life back. Of course, the yeah, drawback right? is then you're fighting all the time if you live with other people over who, who unloads it. And it's always this guy right here. Yeah. Yes, this, this guy, this guy talking right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, get well, one. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. I mean, how much are they? Um, they can vary. If you were going to get the kind, the small countertop kind, I want to say like two, three hundred dollars. The mm-hmm. larger ones, like we got, I mean, we, I, you know, I don't want to brag, but we got ours for a hundred bucks, but it Whoa. sells for six hundred, mm-hmm. I think. Hot dog! I know. Very lucky. Very lucky. What a good find. <laughs> well, drops also 
um, cells, and I'm sure you've seen these around these wool dryer balls. And I've done a lot of research on wool dryer Mm -hmm. balls because I work for a company whose primary product is wool felt. And I have been researching, you know, developing some wool dryer balls as well. And just kind of of just trying to figure out the product itself. Um, And they actually come very highly recommended. Um, Did you know that wool Mm -hmm. is one of the most hydrophilic of all natural fibers? I did. I learned about it. It's very good for wicking, actually. You can bear it. Yeah, clothing is the best for athletics. Or, um, I mean, one of my number one selling products at Graflands is our wool felt coasters. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of them at my house. They're amazing. They work so great. Yeah, they they really protect. Right. And if you can bear having some wool, I mean, the athletic wool stuff is supposed to be pretty good, right? There's a lot of technology there, but it can be kind of heavier. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. most athletic clothes are made of polyester. And so this idea of them wicking moisture away from your body is, it's not true because Mm. they're plastic. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of actually trapped in there and it can give you this fake sensation of coolness, but wool will actually absorb and sort of like wick the moisture out into the air. And so with wool dryer balls, it absorbs a lot of the water that's in your laundry reduces time up to 30%, um, saving both time and energy. They're also compostable, biodegradable. It helps separate clothing in the dryer so it can um, dry in evenly. And then you can also actually put essential oils into the balls to help scent it too, if you don't want to use like dryer sheets. I know. So I have in my cart for Grove to come in a few weeks, dryer balls, with Look at you. an accompanying essential oil. So I chose lavender. Look at you. Because I yes, do, you know what, like I hate the smell of like downy and stuff like that, but I do just yeah. love a little a little splash of something in there. I love a splash. Yeah. So I'm excited to try it. You know, if you guys are going to do wool dryer balls at Graf Lance, you should totally mm-hmm. partner with someone to do an oil for it. Yeah. And go goopy. Do a Palo Santo one. I'd buy it. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's only like, I've only seen like, yeah, like lavender. Yeah, I right. Lavender is, or lemon. Yeah, those were the mm-hmm. two options I saw: lavender and lemon. Which yeah. neither of which are one hundred percent my favorite. No. Once again, I'd like something sort of woodsy. Mm-hmm. I like a woodsy smell. Me too. Or pine, I love even them. you know, mm-hmm. like true pine, mm-hmm. not like pine saw. You know. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's also these other. Um, they're not actually laundry sheets, but they're like they're laundry clean product that are in sheets. So um, instead of like the drops, you use these like sheets. It's called True Earth Eco Strips. It's a laundry detergent that removes all of the water from the actual product to reduce transportation pollution by 94%. Um, The the strips are ultra convenient, eco-friendly. You literally just rip off a strip and toss it in the wash and it dissolves completely in hot or cold water. Um, And it's about 20 bucks for 32 loads. I think it's great. Uh, Someone recommended these to me and they were like, if you live with someone who is a liquid laundry detergent waster, this is a good mm-hmm. remedy. And <laughs> I've, I've experienced yeah. this where you're like, how did we go through half a bottle of detergent already? So yeah, now we're going to kind of move on to groceries. This next part I think is actually super fascinating. It's groceries and food supply market. And I'm really excited to see a bunch of amazing new innovative approaches to accommodate a more conscious way of shopping and consuming, um, especially since we're all at home and we kind of are trying to get things into our home as opposed to going out to eat. Mm-hmm. A lot of this includes reducing food waste, um, sourcing sustainably, and reducing animal meat consumption. 
So Amanda, did you know that in the United States, pre-pandemic, food waste is estimated at between 30 and 40% of the food supply? Oh, it's 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 everything from the actual farms at the farm level Mm -hmm. um to the consumer level it's like it's across the board people are just wasting food according to a 2010 statistic that the usda usda did and they haven't performed one recently 133 billion pounds and 161 billion dollars worth of food is wasted in the united states food waste is so problematic you know um wholesome foods that could go and go and help feed families in need are now just being sent to landfills that we, that are already overburdened. Um, additionally, the land, water, labor, energy, and other inputs um, that are used in producing, processing, transporting, preparing, storing, and disposing of discarded food. So waste upon waste Ugh. upon waste. <laughs> Uh, food waste is also costly for homes and local stores and ranks as one of the world's largest emitters of greenhouse gases. Just food waste. Um, and now with the crush of coronavirus and restaurants, hotels, schools, they were all shut down. And we saw this huge, insane situation with food waste. So back back in April, um, the New York Times wrote this article called Dumped Milk smashed eggs and plowed vegetables about the tragedy of pandemic food waste, particularly for the farms and producers. Farms destroyed unreal amounts of their product, even after donating to charities that only had so much capacity. And even the same thing happened with uh, retail grocery stores, both of which saw staggering demands from people, but they literally could only take so much. They only had enough space in their in, in their refrigerators and in their, their storage rooms to take so much of it. So it was just being destroyed. Um, you know, luckily there's been a trend for a, a few businesses where their models are created to address waste, repurpose it and get it into the hands of people that need it as well as find a use for it. So imperfect produce and misfit market are both um, kind of the, the, the lead contenders in this race. Uh, and they offer cost savings for fresh food overages and imperfect products. So imperfect pro- produce, I think it's actually now called mm-hmm. imperfect food. So it was imperfect produce and it was just produce. Now it's like, it's, they have everything. It's really cool. It's actually the next thing I'm going to try. Um, so imperfect works with big and small ag, uh, which can be both harmful to local farms. I've heard some people kind of complain that they work with big ag, but Let's just let's just stay focused here. Um, and Misfit does just target local. Um, imperfect Foods is significantly more robust. They use uh, to be just imperfect foods, and they've expanded into a multitude of other areas, um, from like meats to seafoods to uh, consumer packaged goods to I mean pastas, everything everything you can get. It's really amazing. Um, they offer organic produce and subscription boxes, both both um, Imperfect Produce and mm-hmm. Misfit Market, and they both use only eco-friendly and compostable packaging. So Imperfect has a flat rate $4.99 shipping charge, and a small organic box of food of just their produce is $24, but you can customize your box and add on a bunch of other goods, like the dairy and pantry and meat and seafood. Misfits, um, you can order one or two boxes, a large or a small, at up to 40% off of grocery prices. And they're small 
as opposed to the $24 is $22. Um, I'm not exactly sure that the weight difference, but Misfits calculates about 10 to 13 pounds in a small of mixed organics, fruits, veggies, um, and serves up to two people for a week. And the large is approximately $35 and approximately 18 to 22 pounds of organic mixed fruits and veggies. And that serves up to five people for a week, um, which is a really big steal for organic vegetables. Mm-hmm. I mean, going to Whole Foods and trying to buy that much, you I mean, you're up in like the 70, I mean, that's unheard of um and the shipping is also around five dollars you know just have to rec- recognize that you're going to be paying for compostable eco-friendly shipping packaging which is it is costly so five dollars is actually kind of a steal probably the five dollars is just there to cover the cost of the packaging and some processing they have a, ma- a market there that you can add onto your order but you can't customize it where in perfect you have way more customizations um, but if you really just want produce, Misfit really seems to be kind of great. And if you want to really support local ag, that's really great. There's also this app called Olio, which I did d- d- uh, download, and it connects neighbors with uh, each other and volunteers with local businesses. So surplus food can be shared, not thrown away. That's O-L-I-O. So if you love food, hate waste, and care about the environment, and you want to connect with your community, Olio is for you. I think that's kind of what they they say on their website. (laughs) Basically, people will post, like, I'm going through my cabinet. Um, I'm going through my cabinet. I want to get rid of some pastas or teas that I have saved up. And just people, local people can just come and pick up your, your, your products, your produce, your, your whatever you have overages, or if you have like a little um, garden and you have overages, um, they also are giving away like toys and things like that. The users just snap a photo of their spare food stuff or home stuff and add it to the app and neighbors who live by receive customized alerts and can request anything that they That's could use. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. It also has a flourishing volunteer network that will connect like restaurants and things also and get that into the right hands too. So it's it's really easy. It's kind of cool. It was it was originally done in Europe, so it's really popular in Europe, and it's kind of just gaining some ground here. Um, and it does encourage you to kind of think more c- consciously, and gives you these goals like replace your toothbrush for a bamboo brush, <laughs> you know, things like that. I think it's it's kind of it's just a really cool food sharing app. So pulling away from food waste into more like sustainable food alternatives. Patagonia provisions. Oh my God. You're obsessed with Patagonia. I am. I can't believe it. It's this newest venture by Patagonia. Um, And of course I've seemingly come to find a passion for Patagonia, Um, but they want to rethink our food chain and they are working to disrupt the current system and feature delicious, responsibly sourced food. So this is actually off of the Patagonia website. This is a, a whole different thing. Um, it's Yvonne Chouinard, who's the Patagonia founder, um, says that most of the food of the world's food is produced using methods that reduce biodiversity, decimate soil and contribute to climate change. Environmental experts estimate that food production is responsible for over 30 percent of global greenhouse gases. And now on top of that, food waste, you know, just imagine. Meanwhile, large scale farming uses about 70 percent of our water. Not to mention the fertilizer that runs off and pollutes the rivers. Yvonne says, we need a revolution to save our home planet. The only one we are likely to have will be through agriculture. Through Patagonia provisions, I want to start that revolution. So, you know, thinking really progressively about the food chain and, you know, I'm sure it's, 
it's baby steps, you know, if you go on the website, there's not a ton of stuff there, but they, it's, it's far more than there was a year ago. Um, pulled from the Patagonia provisions website, they give some really staggering, staggering stats. Um, a study published in the journal of the American college of nutrition demonstrated reliable declines, <laughs> reliable declines in, <laughs> how, okay, this is rely, rely on this, um, in key nutrients found in 43 different fruits and vegetables over the past half century. Another paper showed that a person would need to eat eight oranges today to equal the vitamin A our grandparents got from just one. Ugh. In the review and these other studies with similar findings, Scientific American states the key to healthier produce is healthier soil. Um, Big organic, which started out with good intentions, is now dominated by large companies searching for ways to grow more food and increase profit margins through technology. Just because the the produce is organic, it doesn't mean that it's actually good for the land or the water around it. You know, and I think that's a big key takeaway that people don't really recognize. And a lot of people don't really understand the difference between big ag and local, locally produced and sustainably produced products. So Patagonia Provisions explores all the trending and forward processes mm-hmm. like regenerative agriculture, underused and forgotten crops that are healthier for the land, as well as sustainable methods for fishing for their their original premium canned seafood. So that was one of the first things that they launched was this canned seafood they also offer things like breakfast and savory grains buffalo jerky beer made from these forgotten crops that do help regenerate soil um these fruit bars and other source products um, from like-minded vendors and you can also get crazy cool camping kits that really speak to that patagonia consumer um there's also this new app called barn to door which amanda i feel like could be really cool in your neighborhood like i've looked I've looked for it here. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it is pretty new. It connects farms and ranches directly with consumers locally or virtually. Um, so it's still in its early stages, but has a ton of potential. And it really opens doors for these, this new type of commerce direct to consumer. And consumers can basically browse farms online that are local, sign up for CSAs, get produce, dairy, meat, flowers, grains, you name it. And they have an app, application online. So you can get delivery, pick up, or have the product shipped directly to you. So it's just like a direct channel to local farms. Moving on to seafood. This one actually is something I'm super excited about because I tried some of this. Um, did you know that 91% of our seafood consumed in the United States is imported from overseas? No 90- way. That's 91. shocking. 91. <laughs> wow. Like, we are on a continent covered in water. Like, it's insane. Um, so consistent with many industry dilemmas, local seafood can cost more than many Americans are cons- are accustomed to paying for, which partly accounts for the rampant seafood fraud in this country. The U.S. consumer... <laughs> I know. Stop! Oh, my God. Um, okay. I mean, apparently, it's actually... It's a huge problem. So the U.S. consumer has been trained to buy super cheap food. So, uh, so similar to fast fashion, you know, mm-hmm. um, imported seafood can be cheap because of illegal, unreported and unregulated fishing that is unsustainable and dangerous for our oceans. Uh, but that's where these grocery stores and fish markets are getting all their sea- sea- cheap seafood from. Um, and it's why we're so used to paying such a low price. You know, ideally, we want to support the U.S. local coastal fishing industry and reduce our carbon footprint. But obviously, it's going to come 
at a higher price point that we're just not accustomed to, but we should start normalizing and really understanding that, you know, paying the eight to $10 a serving for fish is actually normal. And you are supporting a whole industry and you're, you're building that back up again. Um, And there's a bunch of really cool online companies that are supporting the U S fishing industry, as well as safe and sustainable practices. And Sea to Table is on a mission to get more Americans to eat better fish and celebrate American seafood. So they travel far and wide, meeting the men and women who have harvested and protected our national waters for generations. They're a certified B Corp, and they partner with a bunch of other socially responsible organizations that care about the health of our oceans. I am so psyched about this company. They have scallops, salmon, one of my favorite things, which is skate which is a, we get it on the East coast, but since I moved to the West coast, it's really hard to find. Um, lobster, black cod, halibut. It's so good. Where It's about nine to $10 a serving. I ordered it, Amanda, and I have been eating it and I have been loving it. And it comes mm-hmm. frozen. Um, and you just, you just thaw it out, you know, for like eight hours and you just cook it right up and they have recipes and just like the accessibility to this, to this great seafood that, you know, has been, um, brought in, in a really sustainable local way and is supporting our industries here in the U S um, wild Alaskan company is another online program. That's a, more of a subscription box. Like I believe that seat to table also has subscription boxes, but this one is specifically a subscription box and it features wild salmon or wild whitefish. It's about 10.99 a serving, all local, all sustainable. And it's really about like, they market it as, as effortly eating well and um, sustainably and offering a time saving solution and everything is shipped in that eco-friendly packaging. Um, and if you still want more fish stuff, I noticed all these, fish skin chips on the market. I wouldn't eat them. It's not really my thing, but I know that a lot of of people do love fish skin. I actually won't even eat fish skin off of a fresh fish. So, you know. Me either. It's just, I I know I need to get over it, but. I can't get over it. It's gross to me. But but anyway, there's like a company called Good Fish that shines really in this market space, but there's a bunch of other ones that are coming out and they source salmon skins from sustainably sourced um, wild caught Alaskan salmon from one of the best managed fisheries in the world. Some of these fish skin companies do overages and waste skin where, you know, people will, will if there's just skin waste, they will make it <laughs> a trip. Skin waste. So <laughs> gross. I know, I know, I know. This is my, my last part that I'm going to talk about, which Amanda, I know you'll probably have quite a bit of information on because I know that you have married into a vegetarian lifestyle. Oh, yes. Your husband is vegetarian. Your daughter, who you did not marry. (laughs) I didn't marry her. We're related by blood. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in our house, I do all the cooking and uh, I am not vegetarian. In fact, I have a lot of serious stomach issues that prevent me from being vegetarian. I was vegetarian for a long time and my stomach issues just got out of control. So I have to eat this really specific diet that unfortunately has to include meat. And so I've tried to force it by eating a lot of tofu and tempeh and I sort of like, I don't know, like I could 
use my brain to no longer think about my stomach problems. Like I could think them away or something, but I actually during quarantine started to get the worst stomach problems of all. And my doctor was like, you have to stop with all the tofu and beans. Like you're just going to have to cook two meals. This is just how it is. You know, our meat consumption habits do take a serious toll on the environment. Mm -hmm. According to the Environmental Working Group, the production, and this does not apply to you, Amanda, because you have tummy issues. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The production, I mean, it does apply, but, you know, I don't want you to feel. No, I know. Trust me, I have to think about it all the time. And I do try a lot of these technological meats, so I have feelings on them. We'll get to them. Great. Great, 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 great. I'm so excited. Um, The production, processing, and distribution of meat requires huge outlays of pesticides, fertilizer, fuel, feed, and water while releasing greenhouse gases, manure, and a range of toxic chemicals into our air and water. A life cycle analysis conducted by the EWG that took into account the production and distribution of 20 common agricultural products found that red meat, such as beef and lamb, is responsible for 10 to 40 times as many greenhouse gas emissions as common vegetables and grains. Um, Livestock are typically fed corn, soybean meal, and other grains, which have to first, of course, be grown using, of course, large amounts of fertilizer, fuel, pesticides, water, and land. Uh, The EWG estimates that growing livestock feed in the U.S. alone requires 167 million pounds of pesticides and 17 billion pounds of nitrogen fertilizer each year across some 149 million acres of cropland. The process generates copious amounts of nitrous oxide, a greenhouse gas 300 times more potent than carbon dioxide, while the output of methane, another potent greenhouse gas, are just getting worse, mm-hmm. from cattle is estimated to generate some 20% of overall U.S. methane emissions. And I learned, because I was like, is it coming out in farts? I'm so curious, but I learned that it's actually coming out in burps (laughs) 95% of the time. Wow, you learn something new every day. I I had to research because I was like, ooh, I was like, okay, so the actual animal is producing this methane just by living and breathing. Mm -hmm for food to, to become food it's not even like a creature that's gonna you know and have a lovely life it's like mm-hmm. oh it's just so heartbreaking it and it's just sitting there burping <laughs> um if all the grain currently fed to livestock in the united states were consumed directly by people the number of people who could be fed would be nearly 800 million wow yes um Seven billion livestock in the U.S. consume five times as much grain as consumed directly by the entire U.S. population. So obviously, (laughs) you know, lots of little wake up calls here. Um, Our meat consumption habits also cause other environmental problems. A 2009 study found that four fifths of the deforestation across the Amazon forest could be linked to cattle ranching and the water pollution from factory farms Um, also called concentrated animal feeding operations, uh, whereby pigs and other livestock are contained in tight quarters, can produce as much sewage waste as a small city. Um, And that's according to the National Resources Defense Council. Uh, Further, the widespread use of antibiotics to keep these livestock healthy on those overcrowded CAFOs have led to the development of antibiotic-resistant strains of bacteria, which we know... 
from COVID and bats, you know, is a threat to human health and other environment mm-hmm. uh, and the environment in their own right. Okay, so hence, sorry for all that plunder and disparity, you know, there is a bright shining star in the form of a bunch of, you know, different, um, different companies trying to offer different solutions to people um, to curb the the meat um, consumption. So hence the interest in the movement into eating less meat. So there's quite a few innovative brands out there. Um, there's a bunch of new disruptors joining the playing field, and investors are clamoring to jump on board. In the first half of 2020, U.S. alternative meat, egg, and dairy companies raised 14% more than they raised in all of 2019, about $850 million. So you can see that trend swinging up. I mean, it's only been half halfway through, so we'll be seeing a huge investment spike in these by the end of the year. Um, The reason behind this was 2019 was the tipping point where plant-based meat actually shifted into the mainstream, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. Not only did major meat companies debut their own versions of the meatless alternative, but food chains also jumped on board and retail sales saw double-digit growth in these. One of the reasons why we're seeing such a massive growth and trend in this in this industry is that 95% of these meat alternatives are being purchased by omnivores. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are that actually eat meat are making the choice to include these other options in their diets. And I mean, I know that a lot of people that are vegetarians actually don't want to eat something that tastes or looks like meat. Like that's gross to them. That's one of the reasons that they don't want mm-hmm. meat. But there's a lot of people that it just depends on why you stopped. Right, eating. right. And a lot of work in the industry went into shifting these consumer perceptions. So Beyond Meat and Impossible Meat made crazy, crazy strides to make eating meat alternatives as mainstream as possible and to normalize this product amongst men in particular. And of course, I read this it, extremely fast. It always comes back to this topic uh-huh, masculinity. It does. And I read this. I, I don't know if you've, if you've read this article Um, I'm going to put it in the the show notes. I thought it was so extremely fascinating. Um, It's from 2019 from in quartz on how these companies worked to disassociate eating meat as an identifier and supporter of masculinity. So, and this is why a lot of these products feature a bleed because it speaks to the primal experience. What's Uh so weird. You know that there's also this very manly trend where you eat a zero carb diet, it's just meat. That's it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Is it keto? No. Keto, you still can have like 20 to 30 grams of carbs every day and you're going to eat vegetables and things like that. This is a strictly zero carb, meaning only meat diet. And if you've- Oh my God, that sounds like like gout city. Yeah, so gross. There's a subreddit for it, of course. And it's for the most part, I don't want to make generalizations. It's a lot of men. Being like, look what I ate today. And it's like a pound of bacon and a steak. And it's (laughs) supposedly you can lose weight that way. I'm not sure. I was reading. Oh, I wish I hadn't forgotten. I hadn't forgotten the name. But there was some celebrity, male celebrity, like an actor who admitted a couple weeks ago that he had tried this this zero carbs, totally meat diet for a month or two and became very, very ill. Yeah, you can come so ill. I mean, you're not getting any, like it's the micronutrients and the macronutrients that you're missing. Yeah, it's insane. So 
while a lot of us are trying to go more vegetarian, yeah. there are people who are like, oh no, I'm going vegetable free. I feel like, I mean, I feel like that, that guy that did the, um, the documentary on like the McDonald's diet. Oh yeah. He super should size do me. it. Super size me. He should do Ugh. one on this diet and see what happens. It makes my stomach hurt thinking about it. Does. It does. It sounds, and it just also sounds really unfortunate of just like eating all that meat just to, to support your your weight loss and body fitness goals at the expense of the environment and animal. Like it's just this. And possibly your long-term health. And your long-term health. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so uh, Beyond Meat, Impossible Meat, making these strides um, against, you know, meat as a masculine construct. So the strategy is simple. So rather than trying to push meat to eat, or push men to eat less meat and embrace a plant-based diet, these companies are, are expanding the definition of what meat actually is while keeping fragile masculinity intact. So beyond the two biggest players that are now found um, uh, in most fast food joints, I mean, you can go to most fast food joints and get, you know, one of these meat alternatives, um, you know, major grocery stores and grocery stores, um, there's two cool new players that are exploring non-ground beef alternatives. Because as you noticed, Beyond Meat, uh, what is it? Beyond, what are they called? Beyond Meat and yeah, yeah. Burger, they're, they're just the ground, ground beef. And obviously, mm-hmm. ground, they, sorry. I think they do some sausages too. But yeah, it's like, to me, that's the same kind of category. It is. Of fake, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a couple new players that are exploring non-ground ground beef alternatives. Um, and many of them are actually based on some really scientific developments in the fungi and fermentation world um, that are nutritious, protein-packed, and similarly flavored and have a super low footprint. Um, so Prime Roots has gotten tons of funding. This is one of the peop- one of the brands that have gotten a lot of this um, venture capital. Uh, and they are using what they call a super protein that is ultra sustainable, high protein, naturally meaty textures, and has this umami taste of meat that's made from California grown koji, a Japanese superfood and fermentation culture used in miso, soy sauce, and sake. And uh, they launched, just just launched with a bacon alternative that everyone is talking about. Have you heard of them? Mm. No, but I'm intrigued. I mean, I, I'm open-minded to it, but I like am one of the few people who hates mushrooms. (laughs) So I I just, the smell, the texture, everything I have tried so hard to like mushrooms my whole life, but this is hilarious. I'm I'm open to these nonetheless, because I really Mm -hmm. like I think beyond burgers are delicious, like the impossible Mm -hmm. burgers and stuff. So I would love to, there to be more like a chicken substitute sounds amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- that's the next one is the, is the, is me T M E A T I. It's a fungus based chicken brand that is heralding its nutritional properties and protein um, from these super proteins um, as well as using 99% less water and land and admits 99% less carbon dioxide than industrial produced animal protein. And so that's like there's these chicken strips that you can get. Um, and a lot of these are just you can get them direct now from their website. Like originally when a lot of these brands would launch, 
they wouldn't have that system set up and they were just relying on grocery stores. Now a lot of them, you can kind of buy it just online. Um, mm-hmm. And Nature's Find is another one that's creating a nutritious, sustainable protein from fungi. That was This one's actually really kind of crazy. It's extracted from a very special microbe pulled from a hot spring in Yellowstone Park. What? Uh-huh. So fermenting this strain, they produce something called phyprotein. Nature's find phi protein, um, a complete protein with 20 amino acids, vitamins, minerals, and fiber using 99% less land, 99% fewer greenhouse gases, and 87% less water um, uh, than commercial meat production. And they're actually launching their products in about in a few months. And that sounds so so cool. Uh, and just, I mean, just insane, obviously. Um the fermentation tricks are also blowing up the ice cream space. You might have gotten, I'm getting lots of ads about this personally, maybe because I've gone to their website, but I feel like I was getting them even before. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a company called Perfect Day, and they've developed an animal-free dairy product made from fermentations in microflora. Uh, that's, and it's a relatively new technique. So it's the same protein found in cow's milk, but made without a single cow. So it's the same texture, taste, and taste of of like dairy with less impact on the earth. And they partnered with Brave Robot and Smitten to get that ice cream to the market. And it looks awesome. I definitely would try it. Um, And then, you know, last, it's... uh, Beyond this, like, kind of cultivated thing, it's it's these cell-based meat companies are also trending and getting a lot of funding from these venture capitalists. Um, and they are basically growing food from animal cells in, you know, in labs and making meat that way. And they have raised 417% more funds than in all of ni- 2019 as people are trying to find different sources of production. Um, so Memphis Meats is a particularly strong one and they are making like, you know, beef and, and chicken and things. Um, and then there's a there's a fish one called Blue Nalu, and they're also creating all of these like cell based fish. Um, Crazy, yeah. And these would be for like restaurants, grocery stores, all of those things. And I actually think that that's a really awesome development, you know. And it's nice mm-hmm. to see that, that those things are actually getting funding and getting attention. Have you tried any any interesting? I mean, I, I know that you have stomach issues, so it might yeah. be good to eat some of these things. I mean, I'm intrigued by it. You know, I I think where we are right now with like artificial meats is that most of them contain wheat gluten. Mm-hmm. So if you have celiac disease or you have to eat a gluten free diet, it's off the table. And that was yep. that was something that I was running into time and time again. Okay, but you, I'm you have celiacs, right? Right. Yeah, I have celiacs, so I can't eat wheat gluten. So. And I was a vegan for years oh after God. being diagnosed. And I was just like, okay, well, I can't eat any of these artificial meats. Um, I can't eat bread or pasta. Mm-hmm. I can only eat like tofu and tempeh and beans. And these are all things that are really <laughs> irritating to yes. your stomach, right? So yes. um, I am excited about the prospect of there being more options out there. Like I said, I'm really happy with Beyond and Impossible. Mm-hmm. I think I don't eat meat be, meat because I'm like I'm a meat connoisseur, you know. Right, right. But I feel like they are filling and adapt well into a lot of different recipes and, you know, they're reasonably priced. 
I mean, impossible gets a little expensive, but mm-hmm. you know, I I'm excited by that development and those things are gluten-free. Everything else that has come before that had wheat gluten as like the second ingredient. That's true. Yeah. And the, the, the mushrooms and fermentations, do you know if that is easier on people's digestive systems? It seems like it would be. I've mm-hmm. never been told I can't eat mushrooms. I just mm-hmm. get freaked out by them. I don't I think there's just something really fundamentally creepy about mushrooms. I I actually completely agree. But I also felt <laughs> that way about yogurt. I don't like it. I found it kind of be like gross. It's like, oh, it's got all these like little like stuff like 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 bacteria growing in it. I'm like, uh. that's disgusting. Even though I love cheese. Um I think it's it's something you know, there the the product isn't it doesn't have the texture or anything. It's, I think it's more of like a scientific way of doing it that will because I wouldn't eat like like a a mushroom burger or whatever they call oh, it. I remember oh. in the nineties, if you were oh. vegetarian and you went to a restaurant, that's yes. what your option was. And a I think portobello mushroom burger. Oh, gross. Oh. Yeah, no, thank you. So I'm glad that there are more options out there, and I mean. We're going to have to make this change no mm-hmm. matter what. And you know what I did hear is that, you know, grocery stores were playing around with where they put this product mm-hmm. and they moved it from like the veg- like a vegetarian area to into the meat area and their sales just blew up because they- Yeah, I've been seeing that. Yeah. I've been seeing that like literally mixed in with like the yep. hamburger. And right I think- next to it. That's great. And like- I do think it's so interesting to me that you brought up this like idea of men feeling like mm-hmm. eating fake meat isn't manly because yeah. it's it's true that that's a real sentiment out there. And so I think normalizing artificial meat. Yes. It's it's like not optional at this point. Like this is what's going to have to happen for the planet just like we also have to stop using so much plastic. So let's get on board now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Let's get on board. I mean, I know that we've we probably missed a few uh, not missed, but we just we only have so much time <laughs> on yes. the podcast to to talk about things, but you know, I think we could definitely continue continue these conversations about conscious consumerism and sustainability. I would love to do one about some fashion players that are out there. I would love to interview a couple of people that, you know, I know that are doing some great mm-hmm. um, conscious consumer fashion companies mm-hmm. and get their take on this. Yes, totally, totally. Uh, the last thing I just want to call out for mm-hmm. all of our listeners is please, please do not buy vegan leather. <laughs> Oh, thank you for calling that out. You may as well wear a hefty bag. It's the same material. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's this idea that like, oh, like, well, it's more sustainable to be vegan, which is true. Therefore, vegan leather must be more sustainable. And in fact, it's not. It's yeah. made of fossil fuels. It's non-biodegradable. The production releases a lot of toxic chemicals. Certain types of vegan leather actually release toxic chemicals while being worn. Mm. And I just think... Gross. So gross. Whoever the genius <laughs> was that rebranded vegan leather as uh, vegan leather, yeah. I mean, they they hit the nail on the head, right? Yeah. But in terms of like giving it a more appealing brand name, but back in the day we called it pleather because yep. it was plastic leather. So please. Oh, remember Nagahide? Yes. Yeah. That one of the like, earlier ones. That's what it was yeah. called. We had a Nagahide couch when I was growing up. Yeah, Nagahide is one of the types of plastic leather that yeah. releases chemicals to the wearer that are dangerous Stop. and may cause 
reproductive and developmental issues. Yeah. No, so, no naga hide. So interesting. Yeah. Um, I did actually, you know, I know, I know I keep talking about mushrooms, but I did read an article, I think even yesterday about a new vegan company that's partnering with all these, these brands like Stella McCartney that's come out with a vegan leather that's made from fungus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the drawback to that one, mm, which I know they are improving the technology, mm-hmm. is that it still does have a certain percentage of polyester mixed into it. Oh, Because gosh. otherwise, it it's mushrooms. It would fall apart, right? If yeah. it got wet or you sweat <laughs> on it. So it's not perfect. It's mm-hmm. an improvement. I'm excited, much like people are developing actual vegetable-based meat alternatives. Mm-hmm. I'm excited that that's going to happen with those materials as well. But I and think the consumer we- wants it. I mean, the, the, and this all comes down to, you have to say something, mm-hmm. make, make a noise because that's, that's the only way that the industry is going to change. Yeah. Call them out. God, everybody's doing leather dressing as a fall trend, which I think is hilarious because we're all in the house. But <laughs> uh, all that quote leather dressing is, is faux leather, which is plastic. Um, and I would also just say, the same thing about faux fur. Once again, there's this idea, mm-hmm. well, it's not real fur, so it must be more sustainable. And actually, I mean, I'm against real fur as well, but uh, faux fur is also plastic. It's not biodegradable. And what makes that one extra special is that when you wear it, it sheds little hairs everywhere, just oh. like a, cat, a real cat yes. or dog. And those are plastic and they end up in the ocean. So So gross. I know, I know. But I feel like it ties into the idea of uh, switching into a vegetarian diet. <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I, I totally do. Because, you you know, everyone's just trying to do things that are good for the environment. And then you don't really realize that you're actually harming the environment. You're well, still just, harming it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still so much confusion out there, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're like, oh, I eat veggie burgers all the time. So I'm doing a good thing for the planet. But then they're individually wrapped in plastic. So yes. you're like, I it's don't know. Terrible. Is that good? Yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, it's... I guess this is really what gets at the heart of greenwashing, where mm-hmm. we are kind of manipulated into believing that something is truly sustainable and therefore we can do to an infinite degree. And that's just not true. Yeah, that's not true. That's what being a conscious consumer is, is getting mm-hmm. conscious of the facts. Yeah, makes make small changes, really recognize like recognize what, what every single thing that you do does to the environment mm-hmm. and to, to everything around you and just, just, <laughs> just try things and then get over it, get over the, the inconvenience of something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you've the first time you take the city bus because you're trying yes. to minimize your carbon footprint, it's not as fast and there's people in your space and it might be loud and it feels so uncomfortable and then you do it for a week and you're like, yeah, this is how I get to work. You never think about it again. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for today. Uh, We'll be back next week with our extra special, super top secret guest star. (gasps) (laughs) It's not, it's it's not Tom Cruise. Oh my God. Why would you say that? That would be now. No one's gonna listen to me. On that would be bonkers <laughs> if we were like, and it's Tom Cruise, uh, <laughs> our our buddy. We have a lot in common with him. He's gonna be on the episode. Style mm. icon Tom Cruise. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're yeah, we're super excited to to, <laughs> to share our, our our extra special guest. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.